Tackling your business's finance to-dos can be daunting enough without being slowed down by QuickBooks. More like slow books. NetSuite by Oracle is the number one financial system, no matter how big your business grows. With visibility and control of your financials, inventory, HR, e-commerce, and more, NetSuite is everything you need to grow. All in one place. Special financing is back. NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind financing program only for those ready to switch today. Head to NetSuite.com slash C-Suite right now. That's NetSuite.com slash C-Suite. Welcome to the Profitology Podcast. I'm your host, Kelly O'Neill. Profitpreneurs are rewriting the rules for entrepreneurial business success in how they operate and scale their businesses, make more money, and design their businesses to give them more unplugged time in the process. Each week, join me for insightful and candid interviews with the most brilliant business minds, celebrity influencers, and fellow profitpreneurs who are disrupting the status quo and are going to leave you inspired to rewrite the rules in your own business. Let's get started. Hey everyone, it's Kelly O'Neill and I want to welcome you back to the Profitology Podcast. You guys, this has been such an amazing experience. I'm getting direct messages through Instagram, on Facebook. A ton of you are joining our Profitpreneur Circle on Facebook and letting me know how much value you're getting out of this podcast. And I really appreciate it. It's so great to know that we're bringing you content that makes a difference in your entrepreneurial journey. Also, I want to just thank you all for the positive reviews. This is how other entrepreneurs find us on iTunes. So leaving us a positive review, even if it's only a few words, is incredibly helpful. Today, I'm really excited to bring you a colleague of mine that I've not actually known very long, but she's made a very huge impression on my life. She is an internationally known business coach and strategist, and she is up to something so major in the world. In fact, I have to tell you, I don't actually think I've ever met someone who thinks as big as she does. And it's not even just that she's thinking big, she's making it happen. So if you are an entrepreneur who wants to expand your vision, you want to create a bigger vision in your business, you are absolutely going to want to pay attention to my interview with Sigrin. Hey, Profitpreneur. Today, I have a guest for you named Seagrin. I tease her a little bit. I say, you're kind of like Madonna. You don't need a last name. She's on a mission to accelerate gender equality through female entrepreneurship, and she's doing it. She is one of the leading business mentors for female online entrepreneurs in Europe. She is a TEDx speaker, and she is a host of the Seagrin podcast, which I absolutely think that you should listen to and subscribe to. She's been doing it a really, really long time. So Sigrun, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Kelly. It's an honor to be here. I'm thrilled to have you here. So before we dive into what you're up to today, I've always been curious about how you got started in doing what you were doing. Like, how did you get on the trajectory to doing what you're doing right now? So originally, I studied a lot. I have four master's degrees, and I finally got working. Uh, I think my first full-time job when I was 29 or 30 years old. And I was running other people's businesses from 2004 to pretty much 2013 until I got sick for seven months and lost my job twice in a span of two years. And that was a wake-up call for me. 
I was like thinking, well, this is probably going to make me sick if I take another CEO job because it has basically made me sick. And somehow I was unemployable. Like I was losing jobs because I was overqualified or like they were just not a good fit. And I thought, okay, this is probably, you know, if, if you believe in a sign from the universe, this was it. Of course, I had thought about having my own business, but I was a bit scared. Probably this fear that many feel before they actually take the plunge. I think the first time a seed was planted was, of course, me as a young girl. My parents owned the dry cleaning and uh, I worked there from the age of 10 in all my holidays. And that's probably where I got my first business experience. And then the second time I would say, or where the seed was reawakened was attending Tony Robbins' Unleash the Power Within 2008. And I remember I wrote down a vision and then I lost the paper with a vision on it. And I was always curious, what did I write down? I had completely forgotten. I found it around November, 2017. And it said, make $1 million, own my own business, have a partner in my life. And it was a long list of things and everything had come true. And I was just about to make my first million dollar year in 2017. Maybe you have not studied international business a lot. It is a very different climate over there. Um, in fact, Sigrun is absolutely a celebrity. I mean, you kind of are a little bit like the female Tony Robbins of business, right? Well, I hope so. <laughs> I'm going to back her up on this. She is. Because in that market, it's not as pervasive as it is over here. So this is a big deal that she has created the business empire that she has in that European market. And she is very, very well known over there for the work that she's doing in the world. And Sigrid, I have a question for you because I just, obviously, I just think you're magical. I adore you. Just so you guys know, Sigrid and I actually met because we're both in Ali Brown's uh, premier group, which is for seven and eight figure women business leaders who are really creating iconic leap for their industries. And that is exactly how we met. And so I'm quite familiar with Sigrun's business. I'm quite familiar with the, what she's up to. And I'm also quite familiar with her mission. So one of the things that I think really, really sets you apart is this is not just about helping people make seven figures in business. Like that is not even the tip of the iceberg about what you are up to. Why don't you tell them a little bit about your mission and what really propelled your passion for that mission? I think even before I started my business in January, 2014, I knew that what I was doing then and now was not really my purpose in life. It was bigger, but it was scary big. So I didn't even voice it. It was just inside of me. If someone asked me, I said, if I could just stand on stage and write books and earn money like that, you know, someone like Oprah and other people who do things like that, like through media, that would be enough for me. I don't have to be a coach. I just want to inspire people to think big and take action. And actually, I want to inspire women. And why? My why came about when I was 16 years old. I was making my own clothes already since I was 12 years old, inspired by my grandmother and my mother. And when I was 16, I already had taken all the sewing courses available. And now I was doing a course with a dressmaker on how to actually make sewing patterns. And my parents would pick me up from you know, high school, drive me over there at 7 p.m. in the evening. I would be there with the dressmaker until 11 p.m. And I was there with about eight other women. And they were all in their 40s. 
I was 16 years old. So it was kind of obvious that in the coffee breaks, we would not necessarily be interested in the same topics. So I would just sit there quietly and listen to them. And they were talking about their dreams. And every one of them had not made their dreams come true. This affected me deeply. I was very sad first. I was like, why not? I was internalizing these questions, but I was listening to them and they were saying, I got married, I had kids. You got to see that I come from Iceland. It's the number one country in the world in gender equality. There is childcare. You know, you still have to pay a little bit, but we're talking about something like $300, $400 a month. You can do everything. You can make your dreams come true. So there was quite a shock to me. I had not been raised in a way that women can't do things. And suddenly there were these women telling me that that was not possible. And it made me frustrated and angry. It turned me literally overnight into a feminist. I started to uh, wait until a door would close that a man would open for me. I would start to wear red more than I did before. I had red coats. I would make my own red coats. So yeah, I got quite active in, there was, that, there was a female party even in Iceland. And even though I couldn't vote yet, I was like wanting to be active there. Now this has, you know, slowed down a bit. I do love it today when a man opens a door and I'm not political but if this was a life-changing moment or weeks where I decided I was not going to have children based on this, because obviously if you have children, your dreams will not come true. The second one, I will never have a man stop me. So if I'm in a relationship with a man and they are not agreeing on making my dreams come true, I will leave that man. I was like really serious about this. Now today I have two wonderful stepsons and I have a man that is my super fan, but also my biggest critic. But it really changed me, this experience. And that's what I realized when I started my business. I started my business before I actually realized I had this why. And it came to me where I was deciding I rather want to help women than men, even though it is in some way easier to coach men because they just take action like crazy. But I really had this mission of helping women. And I was all about gender equality. Like, how can we achieve it together? And how can we achieve it faster? And yes, there's a lot of things that uh, governments can do. I can see it in Iceland, you know, with childcare. Uh, now it's even, you know, I think men and a woman get a maternity and paternity leave of 12 months in total. There is like from 18 months, you have childcare and up till then you have, you know, there's all this support for uh, women and men to really have gender equality, but it's still not happening enough. The wealth is still in the hands of the man. And so there is still this glass ceiling, even in a country like Iceland. And I think the only way to solve this is a new system built on women actually building their own business and creating wealth for themselves. So one of the things you and I definitely have in common is I am a big believer and I talk often about this, my passion and my mission in life is to help people live from a place of choice, whatever that looks like to them. Like I am not married to people having million dollar businesses or multi-million dollar businesses. In fact, I actually don't think that's right for everyone. I think some people are perfectly happy having, you know, a hundred thousand dollar practice or a part-time business or whatever it looks like for them. But what I am really passionate about is them living from the place of choice in their life and creating their life on their terms. 
I also have been told over the years, you need to work with female leaders. You need to work with female leaders. And I've always been a little hesitant, you know, because I'm like, I love my dudes. I have lots of great male clients, but I do understand what you're talking about because if you read the studies and you read the research, and I'm sure you've done significantly more than I have, women lead businesses differently. And we need both. You know, we need masculine in business, but we also need feminine. And I think especially in the way, I'm interested to see what your thoughts are on this. I think especially in the way that business is going now and the way that people are looking to live their lives, I think that that feminine component in building businesses is really essential to not only creating success, but also creating life quality. What do you you think about that? Absolutely. It's already proven that if you have a more equal, you know, in terms of employees or board members, companies are more profitable. They know this from bigger companies, from public companies. And in Iceland, it's mandatory to have 40% women on boards, but it has to trickle down to the management level and unfortunately not enough CEOs. So I guess they have to set, uh, you know, more uh, regulations. So this is the law. It's even a law in Iceland that's uh, forbidden to not pay equal. So gender pickup is, is, is being eliminated. But this is not enough. Like women also need a different type of help. I feel a part of what women need so much is community and role models. That's why uh, it's so important that somebody's doing that work because I know from just being a Dale Carnegie trainer, I was actually in Dale Carnegie class of only women. And I do feel that the women opened up more. They were not trying to be a certain way or look a certain way in front of men. So there's something about that community of women in order for them to grow as business leaders. Once they have a business, it's not a problem at all. Like half of my team is men and that's great. And I do have fewer male clients, but yeah, we need more women to step up. They're going to rather do it in a female only environment, whether we like it or not. I hope this one day will change. It's interesting. So it actually struck me as very sad that we have to actually make a law that they're hiring a percentage of female entrepreneurs, because if you're actually a very smart, strategic business person, you're wanting to hire obviously both genders and you're wanting to hire people for their ability to create the results in your business. We know that men absolutely bring certain skill sets to the game. And there are certain skill sets that women bring to the game that create highly profitable, highly lucrative ventures, not only in their own businesses, but also as shareholders and companies and everything else. So it's, it's a little sad to me that we actually have to make laws to make that happen. Yeah, but they tried it. The government said, we'll give you two years. This is only for publicly traded companies in Iceland. They give you two years to figure this out on your own. If you don't, we'll put in a law. And I thought that was brilliant. Nothing happened for two years. Oh my God. So why do you think that, you know, I mean, I obviously, I, I understand this, but I'm just curious, why, why do you think that we are going to solve this problem through female entrepreneurship? Because the men are not going to change. You know, those who have the power, the wealth, you know, you get with, with wealth comes power, the uh, power to decide who to hire. When there is no law in place, they continue to hire their friends from university, from their networking clubs. And we just know it. Like I go to networking events where there's a mixed group, but I also go to a lot of networking events with only women. And the men have just created this network 
and they will go back. And I can see this when I, because I know a lot of the names that are being hired as CEOs. I was a CEO for 10 years. So myself in Iceland. So I know, and I see the people being hired. I'm like, they went together to university. They went together in high school or they're on a sports team. And they don't even see that there's a very qualified women literally standing next to them. So if we don't want to put laws in place everywhere, we just need to create a new system. And that new system is female entrepreneurship. And not, as you said, it's not about everyone creating a seven and eight figure business. No, it's about women creating a business and, and thinking a little bit bigger, like, you know, not just making 20, 30,000 a year, but actually making at least six figures so that you're financially independent, so that you're not depending on another person. And, you know, I say it a different way. So I've said this before on the show and I'm going to say it again. I think every single person should make absolutely as much money as humanly possible for them. And it's not about the art of amassing lots of money. I mean, you say, you know, hey, it brings you power. I say, hey, it brings you choice. You know, the more money you have, I don't care what you do with it. You can turn around and give it to a charity. You can turn around and build villages in Africa. You have a choice. You have a choice in the kinds of food you eat, the kinds of medical care that you have available to you, the school districts that your children go to. The more ability that you have to create your own wealth, the more choice you have to create the life you desire and to create the kind of impact you desire in the world. And I know you and I both feel super similarly about this, that like, hey, look, if you're broke, you, you aren't helping anyone, least of all yourself, but you're not helping anyone else because you can't reach clients if you're broke, you can't you know, create a widespread impact if you're broke, you're definitely going to be limited in the choices in your life if you are not stepping up to build the type of business that you and I are talking about. What is it that you think that women bring to the game that's different than men? It's interesting. So there are more businesses created by men than women, although it's really growing, especially among uh, women of color. They are really stepping it up and I love it. And they are more sustainable. So unfortunately, they stay rather small. But if you look at five years you know, later, there are more male-run businesses that have failed than female-run businesses. One of the reasons is that we are generally don't take so much risk. On one hand, this is a problem because I'm, I'm trying to encourage my clients to take a little bit more risk, calculated risk. Like, for instance, you know, investing into Facebook ads. Some are just scared of that. And uh, it's something that you can grow over time. You start with a small budget and you increase your budget and all that stuff. But yeah, it's generally being risk adverse, but it keeps the company small. So that's what I'm trying to do with my clients to get them to take calculated risk and grow the business and see the benefit of having a little bit bigger business in order to give back or have a better life, whatever they do with the money. I love it. I love it. So for those women out there, well, and actually I want to actually address the men because I think that this also benefits you guys, all the guys that are listening to this podcast. This is not about female starting businesses, but how can you also bring and harness the natural gifts of women in your business to actually increase your profit. So what would you say to the gentlemen out there? I think this is a collective effort. Even though I want to help women, it doesn't mean that men are not supposed to make their dreams come true and all of that. It's just, we need to catch up. The women need to catch up and we need the men's help as well to see the potential. There's this gender bias. Unfortunately, we women have it too, where we will think we have two candidates in front of us, men and women. They are equally qualified if you look at the statistics or whatever, the data. But for some reason, we think the man will master the job better. 
we need to change that, both of us, both genders. We need to see it as, as neutral, the gender thing, and really start to give women more chances. Let's just say it was a man-owned business. What would be the benefit to him even saying bringing in female or, or even like as an example, gentlemen hiring female consultants or coaches? What is the benefit? There's a benefit to specifically hiring a woman over a man. If we've got equal credentials, so there's two of us, what are some of the benefits of hiring a woman particularly? What do women bring to the table that men don't? Well, diversity brings profits. That's just proven. Any report will show that. So that's, I think most companies want more revenue and more profits and a more diverse team. And whether it's consultants or coaches or internal team, more diversity will bring that. You know, it's so funny that, for instance, a lot of cosmetic or skincare companies are run by men. Uh, I find that fascinating, but I'm hoping that they have a mixed board and probably most of them do. So it's about bringing that diverse opinions. And that's not just gender. It's also age or, or different backgrounds or color of the skin or whatever it is so that you actually have a good outcome. You know, I also think personally, I've seen this, women just run businesses differently. It's hard and I get this and I have struggled with this and I, you know, and I occasionally still struggle with it. To get things really done, we need to have our masculine energy, right? And so like men and women aside, there's masculine energy and there's feminine energy. And masculine energy is like the get it done, the drive. It's all of those things that like really push forward. But the feminine energy is the one that it creates those powerful nurturing teams. It creates the inclusion of multiple ideas. It's think outside the box. It is how can we all support one another? Women are generally and naturally more collaborative than men. Just the way that our brains work, right? The way that our amygdalas are, are born. Women are naturally more collaborative and we are willing to help each other out where men are born and their amygdalas work in a way that is naturally more competitive. So there's advantages to bringing in that balance on both sides. Because I also, like I said, I've got men on my team. That's intentional. They're in specific roles on my team for specific reasons. But I do think that it's changing the way that businesses are run nowadays. I do think that there is such a huge benefit to having these women starting their own businesses, creating economic empower for not only their own lives, but the lives of their family. And again, women are running businesses differently than men. This is what I, I say. We bring a different gift to the game. We need both, but it's a different gift. So Sigrun, if people want to find out about you, where is the best place for them to go? The best place is the Sigrun Show podcast. Actually, I want to share that in order to bring more role models to the world uh, or actually display them, I am planning a conference in June 2020. We don't have the, you know, like a sales page or anything up yet, but this is, this is going to be massive. I have rented the biggest conference center in Iceland, and it's all about showcasing female entrepreneurs. Uh, I think there's no conference out there, anything similar to what I'm planning. And it's, it's quite scary, to be honest. Uh, but I have the event agency that I wanted to book, and I'm massively, I hired five people on my team this week. So it's happening. 
you know, a few months ago, this was just a dream. And now I feel it's like it's coming, it's coming. And I would love for you, uh, you know, if you want to know more about it, I'm definitely going to share this on my podcast. And of course, through my email. So you can sign up at sigrun.com if you want to know more in the future as well. And then also, if you would do me a favor and send me the picture and the link to your wait list for this conference, and I will make sure that it is up in the show notes. You guys, you need to go to uh, kellyoneal.com click on her episode show notes and you will see a picture of this venue. And then you will get what I am saying about this woman thinks big. And it's not just that she thinks big, she takes action. And I have zero doubt that this will be a sold out conference that is going to be talked about for years to come. It's going to be huge. So please make sure that you check her out, jump on her list and start listening to her show. Sigrun, it's such a pleasure to have you on. And I look forward to seeing you very shortly back in the U.S. Yes, it's been a pleasure to share everything with you, Kelly. And it's, uh, I wish you lots of success with your podcast. Thanks so much. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Profitology Podcast. If you did, please share this show with someone that you know and help spread the word to your followers on social media. This is how we reach more entrepreneurs just like you around the world. Also, I'd like to continue the conversation with you about all things Profitology. So please join me and your fellow Profitpreneurs in our free Facebook group. You can find us at ProfitpreneurCircle.com. I frequently go live in our community to share tips, trainings, and innovative profit acceleration strategies, as well as resources that can help you accelerate your results in your business. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.